in media beyond sports, um, and I think that it's about this lack of transparency, it's really what it's about, um, so, for the subscribers out there who don't follow football or anything like that, although it is, I think, they think as of last looking, I think that it is the, uh, what's called, it's, it's the top story on, um, on Google News when I looked this morning, um, the safety for the Bills, um, for the Buffalo Bills football team, um, had a cardiac incident, or he went into cardiac arrest on the field after a fairly routine hit, um, and when I say routine, I mean, obviously football's a contact sport, you're gonna have contact on just about every play, and it wasn't one of those, you, you watch these hits and you're like, oh my god, that was... You know, that was a, a bad one. Or, like, what happened to Tua earlier, Tua Tagliavoli from the, um, from, the, from the Miami Dolphins, where he ended up severely concussed um, after a hit um, against the Bengals as well. And this one didn't look like a bad hit. He gets back up, and he collapses. It takes about a half hour to get him off the field, because they have to do CPR and do a bunch of other stuff to try and save his life. Um, so right now... As of 9.17 this morning when I'm recording this, uh, he was in, you know, he, he's still in critical condition, um, and uh, our thoughts, prayers, good intentions, whatever you want to send his way, um, are are with him, and I, th- I think the bigger issue, beyond player safety in this case, because look, there's, there's no way to completely eliminate the risk of injury. Um, when it comes to sports, there hasn't been a sport that there is no risk of injury when you go into it. We have even in, in non-contact sports like baseball, there's still players who get injured, and there have been players who have died on the field. There was a, a I forgot who it was, but he was playing the Yankees, and he got hit in the head. He was a pitcher. He got hit in the head with a, a line drive and died on the field. And look, that kind of stuff can happen. There's no completely eliminating the risk of injury. What can happen? is the league cannot lie to our faces about what we watched last night. Uh, and I'm not talking about his injury. And I'm not talking about anything like that. And, and to their credit, ESPN did what they could given the situation. Um, but here's the thing. Last night there was a conference call for members of the sports media, which I'm not a part of. Um, I'm, if you want to call it anything, I'm entertainment media and if you really want to stretch it, video game media, although Bandai Namco just gave me a login for their press site, so, woohoo, anyway, um, like, looking at that, looking at what all of this is, and, and, uh, I look at this, um, the situation, and I, I, I watched it live, 
and I watched until it went on to the Scott Van Pelt show after they called the game formally about an hour after the injury. Um, and the, the vice president of football operations on the call was like, well, we had a plan for this in, in place and, you know, everything, you know, went according to plan. And I was like, I watched that. I watched what happened. That is a bold-faced lie. And the reason I know it's a bold-faced lie is because the next bold-faced lie directly contradicts the first one, where he says there was no five-minute deadline given. And what I'm referring to is after they got DeMar Hamlin off the field and he was in the ambulance and the ambulance had cleared and all these players were visibly in shock and, and you know, you have, like, Stephon Diggs and, and, like, Josh Allen who play for the, you know... For, for the Bills, like, crying, you know, and, and, um, Joe Burrow, who's the quarterback for the, um, for the, for the Bengals, comforting Josh Allen, and it's like, because this is a unprecedented situation that happened last night, there, there was no, um, th- nothing like this had happened before, um, and right after I got up, Joe Buck, who is doing the commentary, goes, well, uh, the, both teams are going to have five minutes to loosen back up and warm back up, and then we're going to resume play. And then at that point, it, we, we go back to the field, the, the camera goes back to the field, and we see the Bills defense go back out onto the field, kind of like, what the fuck are we doing? And you have, you know, Joe Burrow throwing a few passes, and then it goes to Stephon Diggs. Um... And, and, and the entire Bills team having a conversation. Um, which then resulted in the coach for both teams meeting, then meeting with the official, and both teams leaving the field. And being like, we're done. We're going to the locker room. Um, and so what that tells me is, it wasn't just Joe Buck talking out of turn. Someone relayed that information to Joe Buck. And if I remember correctly, which I could be mistaken, but I'm fairly certain that when they cut back to the the studio, um, where it was um, Su- Susie Corman, I think, and Adam Schefter and Booker McFarlane talking, they said, too, um, the original plan was to give them five minutes, and now it's been revised to let them go back to the locker room, take as much time as they need to recompose themselves, then go back out onto the field and warm up, and then continue the game. Um, and that indicates to me that this was an if, look, here's the thing. Say an official made a bad call. Say an official made a mistake and said, this is what we're going to do in the situation, which is entirely well within the realm of possibility, considering how egregious the officiating has been this season um, and all of that. I mean, considering all of that we've seen go wrong with, with referees, it is entirely possible that this referee made this call without consulting with what to do in the situation, and, and there may have been a plan, but this referee was not in on it. But you can't say there was a plan, and there was a plan that went into effect and went into, into effect correctly in this situation. It's what we have here 
is we have a a primetime example of the players taking a stand against the league. This was a labor strike. Let's call it what it is. This was the league made a decision and the players and the coaches and everyone who's involved with playing the game said, no, we're not doing that. We are going to, you know, we are not going back on the field. And that's what caused the game last night to be delayed. Let's not act like the league had everything under control. What they're doing right now is damage control for the fact that they did not know what to do. They did not have a plan for the situation, which if they just said, look, we didn't have a plan. We did the wrong thing. We, you know, we fucked up. That would have gone a long way. And I think the other really telling thing is we are now about 24 hours out or 12 hours out from it. And I haven't seen anything from Goodell. Like, I have not... I ch- I've been checking ESPN. I've been checking Sports Illustrated. I've been checking um, CNN's live coverage. I have not seen Goodell's name come up as someone giving uh, information. And we talk a lot about... And this is where it comes back to, you know, media that people on, on this show will talk about. There's been a lot of talk about Disney and Disney's practices when it comes to allowing press to their stuff and, and, you know, them wanting positive coverage. Otherwise, they won't, you know, let you in. And what we had here is another example of that because even the sports media was circling the wagons to protect the NFL in the aftermath of this incident. And that's not what the media should do. That's not the job of the press. The press does not exist to be a PR arm for whatever thing it is this week. That was the thing that, if we think back to 2016 or 2015, whatever the fuck it was, or maybe even earlier, with, uh, quote-unquote, Gamergate, where they tried to take this harassment of a woman and say it's about ethics and journalism, that was the entire... The entire thing was that the games industry... And it was... Like, that's the issue, is that they did have a valid point, but it got wrapped up in a bunch of misogyny... Um, an anti-woman sentiment that it got kind of drowned out. It's this idea that the the media should not be a publicity arm for whatever it is. It's not about making the subject of the matter look good. And look, there's the whole thing that came out with the commanders, um, or at the time they were, you know, it's Washington football team, I'm not going to say the, the old name, but they were, during the labor lockout, what was happening was being run by, like, Adam Schefter's coverage was being run by ownership. And it's like, this is a labor dispute where the party line is being run by one of the parties in the negotiation by what is ostensibly a new source of record for this industry. Because ESPN has the lion's share of the, of the, of the market. And, and for that to be like, oh, okay, and we just look the other way now, because it's like, oh, it's sports, who cares? But him taking the side of ownership and portraying the side of ownership as correct and running his coverage by ownership to make sure ownership is happy with how it's being portrayed, that has a lot of power, considering how much power ESPN has. Because ESPN is, is 
you know, like their their thing is we're the worldwide leader in sports. That's not an exaggeration. I don't know anyone who follows sports who doesn't have the ESPN app on their phone. And that's not the, the number one thing where it's like, boom, here's what's happening. And, you know, that that is an issue. That is a profound problem that we have here. And, look, what needs to happen, there, there are things that need to happen in this case. And if this was a, a fair and just world, which it's not, this situation would be the catalyzing incident that would lead to congressional oversight. Because here's the thing. Not one thing has happened this season that is bad for the NFL. There hasn't been one thing that's happened that has, you know, been like, this is the worst thing that's happened in sports. Because, like, there hasn't been, like, there hasn't been the Black Sox scandal, which, for those who don't know, that was in 1919, the, um, the White Sox through the World Series, uh, they were paid by by gambling, by by, by like organized crime who were organizing gambling, and they were paid to throw the World Series. Um, and because of that, that caused the formation of the Office of the Commissioner of Baseball to oversee baseball because it was a time where, under threat of having other, you know, having governmental oversight, the the industry decided to regulate itself a little better. Um, the same goes for in 1985 when the PAL sticker was introduced at the behest of the PMRC and congressional hearings in the Senate. The same goes for um, in in 1992, I think it was, with the institution of the ESRB, where uh, Senate hearings were held over uh, obscenity in video games with the release of Doom and the release of um, uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, the same goes in the 19 um, in the 1930s with the uh, institution of the uh, of the the MPAA code and and movie ratings as we have them now and these things all happened and it was you need to take care of your shit because it's obvious you're not doing it yourself or we're gonna do it for you and there hasn't been one thing this season that the NFL has 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 failed on that's like oh my god, they need to, you know, do something. But it's been a lot of little failures that have shown that they're not taking care of players, they're not taking care of staff, they're not taking care of, you know, like, spectators and fans. No one involved in, in the NFL is being taken care of except for the NFL as a league. And that's a problem. You have the incident that happened with with Dan Snyder, owner of the Washington Commanders, and, and everything going on with that, where they're potentially defrauding the league. You have the incident with, with Tua, who had a concussion, visibly had a concussion one game, was allowed to play the next week, got a head injury again, and it was one of, if it weren't for what happened last night, it would have been probably the most disturbing thing I've seen in a football game. And I've been watching football for almost 30 years at this point. Let's say 25, because I don't remember the first few years. But, you know... If it weren't for for what happened last night, it would be the most disturbing thing I've seen on a football field. He was so seriously concussed, his body curled up on itself. And then he got a third concussion this year. And to the point where now he's not playing for the rest of the season. He may come back for the postseason, but as of right now, he's not playing for the rest of the season. And, And between these things and then looking at, like, what they choose to handle and make a big deal out of, like... 
look, I'm not the biggest Tom Brady fan on the planet, but slightly deflating the footballs does not create a need to do a four-game suspension. They, they mishandled the whole situation with Deshaun Watson, who is now the quarterback of the, uh, what's it called, of the, uh, of, of the Cleveland Browns, that are being accused of sexual assault by 24 women. And, like, th- this whole situation is just, this would be the catalyzing incident that's like, you guys need to do something. And let's not forget, this is also, we're, we're still under Goodell's tenure as, as commissioner. You know, and this is the same league being run by the guy who was covering up and paying off to keep the concussions under wraps because they didn't want the negative press that comes with the CTE discovery. Like, it's obvious, like, his thing was always protect the integrity of the shield. Well, you're protecting the integrity of the shield. Like, you're putting a a coat of paint on it. That's all you're doing. You're not protecting the actual integrity. You're just covering it up. So that way no one can see the blemishes and all of that. When you look to the other side, when something happens where we can see what's going on for real, that's where you get these issues where it's like you're, you're lying to our faces. And I think that that's the big issue. Is this idea that the league can openly, openly just lie to our faces about what happened. And the, the media that covers football is not going to question it. Um, because it is, it's just, it is ridiculous. Like, I was watching the coverage last night after the game ended, or after the game was called, um, which took an hour, by the way, which is a, a key sign for a well-oiled machine, is that a player needs CPR on the field, needs to be taken off, and as they're taking him off, needs to be put back down on the ground so they can continue administering CPR um, to keep him alive. It takes an hour after that to formally postpone the game, and that only happens after a conference that happens between a league official and both coaches behind the scenes, which we only got to saw because ESPN had a camera back in the back hallway. And... For, for all of this to happen the way it did, for, I, I, I just, within about an hour after that, the coverage had changed um, on ESPN, ESPN's website, because um, I counted, because I, I wrote something that may or may not be published in Smithtown Chronicle, I, I kind of want to add to it before I publish it, um, I'm going to notify my editor of that, because I'm going to add a few paragraphs, but... It took seven paragraphs for it to mention that he was injured on a play. Um, not he was injured. Because the there's a difference in the headline between he went into cardiac arrest on the field. and Or they didn't know at the time that they wrote that, that part of it. But um, it, it, there's a difference between saying he, he had... The, he collapsed on the field and saying he collapsed on the field after a contact play. Because one is a way to sway public opinion away from this is a, like one makes it seem like there's an inherent risk to the sport and they don't they want to minimize that as much as possible. The the idea that you're you're omitting that key information. If you're doing that and it's not like it 
requires a complete rewrite of the headline. It's not like it requires you to do any deep introspective changes about, you know, about the story. It's one or two extra words, and at this point, it's not going to change anything, except for the perception. And the idea that the league is, you know, that the the news coverage of the event is to the benefit of the league, says a lot. And I found a 2014 article, I think we'll wrap up on this, um, besides the fact, if you want to, um, I don't know if, I, I think the charity's still ongoing, I donated $10 last night, um, but I think the charity is, I think, the last I saw it's still coming, um, I'll put the link in the, uh, in the description, um, they are, his charity had, uh, had gone from about $5,000 for, for toys for kids in his hometown, um, last I checked last night, um, before I went to bed and when I, when I donated, it was up over, over 2 million, um, but his charity, um, if you want to donate to that, I'll put the link in the description, um, but the thing I'll go out on is an article from 2014 that I read indicated that the majority of the money that ESPN makes comes from NFL coverage. That is where they get most of their viewership is people looking, watching, and covering the NFL. They'll get from baseball, not from hockey, not from basketball, the NFL. So ESPN has a vested interest in this. And I think this is what this is why for a long time there was this ban on exhibitors also being production companies. I think it's now lifted. But if you are a production company, you cannot own a movie theater because it changes the way you will do business. And this is a this is something that needs to be looked into. This is absurd. The absurdity of the situation cannot be overstated and I think that this whole thing needs to be addressed a little bit better and by the way Skip Bayless is an ass sitting here talking about the playoff implications of the game right after the guy got taken off on a stretcher in an unprecedented injury is incredibly fucked up but we'll wrap up there for today Um, again I'll have the link in the description for his charity um, if you want to donate Um, and uh yeah, I just that was a a truly disturbing thing that happened last night, and for the league to lie as brazenly as they did about what happened that we watched is just absurd on every level. Um, but yeah. We'll wrap it there for today. Um, yeah. Have a great rest of your week.